Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Now, friends, I'm about to go through chapter 33, and I'm not going to read Numbers 33 in its entirety. Uh, Numbers 33 consists of 56 verses, and it recaps the journeys that Israel has taken during the uh, the 40 years in the wilderness. And so there are a lot of stops, and I think it's a little bit tiresome to hear each of these stops. Most of them have already been recounted as we've gone through uh, the book of Exodus and the book of Numbers. In other places, they've been listed, and there, many of them will be mentioned again in Deuteronomy. So just in an, an effort to keep this flowing in a good way, I'm going to read certain excerpts, but I'm not going to read the entire chapter. Numbers 33, verse 1, we read, Here are the stages in the journey of the Israelites when they came out of Egypt by divisions under the leadership of Moses and Aaron. Verse 2, At the Lord's command, Moses recorded the stages in their journey. So everything that's in this chapter is, is uh, listed by Moses. Continuing, this is their journey by stages. The Israelites set out from Ramesses on the 15th day of the first month, the day after the Passover. They marched out defiantly in full view of the Egyptians, who were bearing all of their firstborn, whom the Lord had struck down among them, for the Lord had brought judgment on their gods. And so this chapter begins with the exodus from Egypt. Next come um, 42 different stops listed in the order in which they camped out. And so verse 5 through 49 includes 42 stops listed in order. Then verse 50. Verse 50 and following gives the conditions for the distribution of the promised land and the acquisition of the promised land as the Lord had directed them. So verse 50, on the plains of Moab, by the Jordan across from Jericho, the Lord said to Moses, now, notice they're camped out on the plains of Moab, where, which is where they'll stay until they take Jericho. Verse 51, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when you cross the Jordan into Canaan, drive out all of the inhabitants of the land before you. Destroy all of their carved images and all of their cast idols and demolish all their high places. Now, this instruction Drive out all the enemies, destroy all their carved images and idols, demolish their high places. This was never done in its entirety. In fact, when Israel was reestablished in 1948, once again, this was never done. In 1948, it wasn't done. When they acquired Jerusalem in 1967, it wasn't done. The destruction of all of the images and idols and high places of worship of the false gods has never been done in Israel's history. It was commanded here, but it's one of the things that remains undone. Then verse 53, the Lord said, take possession of the land and settle in it, for I have given you the land to possess. Now, friends, this seems a little strange. The Lord says, I've given you the land. But what they see is people that are living there that they have to fight. In other words, the Lord says, it's a done deal. I've given you the land. But the Israelites say, well, wait a minute. You've given it to us, but now we've got to go and fight for it. There's a battle or many, many battles that will take place before we actually acquire the land that you say you've given us. So what's the workaround with this? What's the dichotomy between the two viewpoints? Well, heaven's viewpoint was that it was a done deal. God was with the Jews, and if they would be obedient, they would indeed take the land to possess 
all that he had had assigned to them as the promised land in the promises made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and continuing down to this generation we're reading about now. So the possession of the land was settled in God's eyes as long as they were obedient. In the eyes of the people, there were tremendous obstacles and opposition. And so for us as Christians in our generation, there are many, many promises in the Scripture that the Lord has given us. We call them precious promises. But many of these promises we have yet to acquire and walk in. I submit to you, friends, that it's going to take a fight. Salvation is a free gift. But the rest of our inheritance often requires that we struggle and press in to acquire all that the Lord has done for us. Back to this chapter 33, in verse 54 we read, Distribute the land by lot according to your clans. To a larger group, give a larger inheritance. To a smaller group, a smaller one. Whatever falls to them by lot will be theirs. Distribute it according to your ancestral tribes. And you may recall in the book of Numbers, there were a census taken that would identify the size of the different clans. And so, for example, uh, Judah was the largest clan. They would have access to the larger piece of land. And in the case of um, tribes that were about the same size, they would draw lots for who got what. Verse 55, now the Lord gives this very specific instruction in verse 55 concerning the inhabitants of the land. He says, if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land, those you allow to remain will become barbs in your eyes and thorns in your side. They will give you trouble in the land where you live. And so this expression, barbs in your eyes and thorns in your sides or thorns in your flesh, was applied to those that were in opposition to the Jews, the inhabitants of the land that were allowed to remain. So very clear instructions. Drive out all of the current residents. Uh, You're not supposed to keep them hanging around. You're supposed to drive them out. Now, this reference to thorns in your sides may be what Paul was talking about when he referred to a thorn in his flesh in 2 Corinthians 12.7. Paul wrote, Because of these surpassingly great revelations, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was giving a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. So the thorn in the flesh that Paul was referring to may have been some of the inhabitants of the land that were in opposition to his teachings, in opposition to the gospel. It's a possibility. But in the case of the Jews, any of the previous occupants who remained would continue to give them trouble. And we know that historically they did not drive them all out. And indeed, this came true. They did continue to give them trouble. And then finally, this chapter ends in verse 56. The Lord says, if you don't drive them out, then I will do to you what I had planned to do to them. In other words, this is a mandate that comes with consequences. And the instructions they were given, if they were not fulfilled, would ultimately result in their rejection from the promised land by God. And sadly, we know that that happened. And so, Lord, um, we're looking at all of this history from 3,500 years ago in retrospect, and it's easy for us to see what happened to them. But, Lord, what's going to happen to us where you've given us promises and we've yet to acquire them? Lord, give us the grace to acquire the promises that you've given. Even though we may see opposition, and in some cases we can't see anything but the problems, Lord, help us to acquire our spiritual inheritance in Christ. God, don't drive us out of the promised land of God. 
Lord, give us the divine enabling to acquire all that you accomplished at the cross. Let us be the generation, Lord, that enters fully into your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.